This is an amazing episode with one of my best friends, Ahab El-Hindi. We're going to do two episodes. The first one, we're going to talk about what happened in 2023. Uh, Ahab has had a transformation in his life physically, and we both had a lot of stuff going on. And But because of the community around us, um, we both had a huge year of growth. More specifically, we're going to talk about setting goals for 2024. Now, for people that don't know Ahab, um, the guy is amazing. He has a very successful uh, restaurant. He's got an amazing family, and he's overcome adversity like very few people you'll meet. So this episode is going to have a ton of tactics. If you're like like anyone I talk to, and you're looking at 2024, and you're like, man, there's a lot of areas in my life that I would like to change. I just don't know how to do it. Uh, this is an episode for you. Do me a favor, and please make sure to like, subscribe, download, and leave us a comment. That's going to help this podcast grow. That's going to give us the ability to get more guests on this podcast. Uh, So I'd really appreciate that and enjoy this episode. We're live. Good to see you, man. You too, bro. Love being around you. Love being around you too. You've been one of the, 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 one of like at least number nine or 10 best things that's happened to me. <laughs> that's a pretty good list. It's in the top 10. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Jesus is on there. Your wife's on there. Yeah. You got some kids yeah. on and there. And there's some people between them and you, but you're, yeah. you're in there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've cracked the top 10, but I'm, you know, I think you're making your way closer to that, you know? <laughs> Hey man, progress, not perfection. <laughs> Where I come from, man, you're just happy to make it in. Yeah, I agree. With I don't that. need the place. I just gotta. I just gotta finish. No, you've 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 changed my life in so many ways. I, I, uh, you know, financially, relationally, even physically, like the way we challenge one another. It's just been just such a good part of my life, and I just love being able to just reach out to you and just connect. And it's been it's been so good. So good. I and feel the wives get along. Woo, there's a win, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but your, your wife's easy to get along with. So is mine. I mean, yeah. clearly. If she... Yeah. <laughs> they can put up with <laughs> yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're resilient, man. They can put up with a lot. Um, you know, I, I would love to talk about, you know, we're it's 2024. And last year, I would say, I tell people when we talk about 2023, it was it was really a a year of kind of a reset, mm. and it was there was a lot of hard things that a lot of us had to walk through, everyone. Yeah. And but there was definitely a, a year of growth, and a lot of that is because of you and you know some of the friends that that are so dear to me now. And so I think that's a a great place for us to talk right now because there there are so many people that are looking at twenty twenty four with a lot of fear. Yeah, and you know, not because I mean for all kinds of reasons, but um, you know, the economy, you know, like you with your business, this minimum wage change, yeah, which is a very inflationary thing. People are still paying a lot for everything that they buy. So I know for you and I, one of the things that has really helped us stay on the tracks this last year has been the things that we've been doing, the things that we've learned, and you know, you and I when we met we weren't necessarily in a horrible place in life. I mean, I think that we definitely were more dysfunctional than we are now. <laughs> yeah. I um, like 
But we've learned some things over the last few years that have really helped us. And I wanted to talk about that. So when we, when you think about 2023, what were some of the, what were some of the areas where you struggled or some turning points for you? Yeah. 2023 was, it was, it was a turning point year for me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, at the end of 2022, I started my, my health journey. I had to have surgery because I, I was having gallstones and I was getting really sick and uh, it's just in pain from, you know, every other, I didn't know what it was until I found out. Then I got my gallbladder removed. And then it started me on this, like, I don't ever want to have another surgery again in my life. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I need to get healthy. And and so I, I started physically getting healthy and the more physically I got healthy, the more I, I noticed my emotions were like regulating mm -hmm. and I wasn't as like volatile and I was more peaceful and I was feeling better. And then that put me on like, like how do I pursue emotional, mental and physical health? Mm -hmm. And so that was like really my 2023 journey was like, you know, I went from working out maybe four days a week to five days a week to now it's six days a week. And I can't, I, you know, on my, on my rest day, I'm like thinking about working out, you know, like what yeah. am I going to do? I'm gonna it's, go it's a habit now. I love it. It's part of your life. It's no longer like, will I work out today? It's like, what am I going to work out yeah. today? You know, uh, I love, I love how, now. how long did it take for you from working out to turn into something that you had to find the mental energy to kind of go and do it to the where and where it was hard and you know you're not loving what you're seeing because results don't come overnight yeah to the point where you actually were enjoying it and it wasn't such a fight to go do it you know um i think it was last september i read this book called the one thing and it's a good book but there was one line in that book that like really got me and he said a lot of people focus on discipline but you only need as much discipline as it takes to create a habit and he said, for some people, that's 30 days. For some people, that's 60 days. For some people, it's 180 days. Um, for me, the habit was probably by December, it was a habit. Because mm -hmm. I was still going into the gym during the holidays. Yeah. And, um, and then it increased more and more because I just, I found that like, I was getting more than just wanting to get like look better physically, I saw it changing the way I was responding mm. to my kids. Yep. The way I was treating my team members at work, the way I was, the way I was tra uh, training up my leaders. And so there was so much that I was like getting out of it, that mental, the mental part, the emotional yeah. part that I just could not, I couldn't stop. I yep. just was, I, and I fell in love with it and not for the, the way I looked, though I did start loving the way I looked, I fell in love with it because of the way I felt. Mm -hmm. I was uh, Chris Pratt was talking about uh, the way he, he he was talking about. Uh, he goes, when I would eat whatever I want, I loved what I ate, but I hated the way I felt. Yeah, and he goes, now that I don't eat whatever I want, I eat I eat regimented. He says, I I don't love what I eat, but I love the way I feel. That's powerful. There's a TV series on Netflix right now. It's called You Are What You Eat. Mm. And they take biological twins 
and they put them on these various diets and they kind of, they track their microbiomes and all these different blood markers. And, you know, one of the things that's really popular right now, and it's, you know, a lot of people talking about it is how our brains will react to the food that we eat. You mm -hmm. know, for example, if you eat a burrito at lunch, you're going to be sluggish the rest of the day. And that's because of the way that our brains function off of certain foods. Interesting. And it, one of the things I saw last night that I was telling my team this morning is our brain requires 25% of the energy of our, of our body because it's such a powerful wow. organ, even though it's only three pounds, it requires 25%. And so the food that we eat and the way that we digest it totally changes the way our brain functions, which is why when we eat good food and we feel good, we respond to people better. Yeah. We have more energy. I don't know about you, but I don't need as much sleep. That was one of the biggest wins I get is when I'm eating really good, I only need to sleep for about five hours. I sleep a lot, hard, way harder than I did when I was eating bad. Wow. And when I wake up, it's always before my alarm clock. And I usually wake up and I have a ton of energy. I'm always up five minutes before my alarm yeah. I would assume it wasn't that way when you were eating whatever you wanted. No, I'd sleep through it. Hit the yeah. snooze button. <laughs> yeah, and you sleep. I would snooze for 30 minutes. I was, I was, <laughs> I would sleep for eight hours and I'd never felt like I had enough rest. Yeah. You know, like I got five hours sleep last night and I was surprised because I was nervous that I wasn't going to, you know, mm -hmm. have enough energy today. Killed it in the gym, been yeah. at work, and my, my, my thinking's been sharp. Like, this is amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Was, How much weight did you lose last year? Um, I started out, I think I was 285. Okay. And I got down to 225. And uh, I bulked up a little bit towards the end of the year, uh, just like lifting heavier. Mm -hmm. So I ended the year about 250. <clears throat> yeah, but you you gained a lot of muscle too. So I yeah. mean, your body fat, I, that do you, did you know, do you know what your body fat was and where it is now? It was over 33. It was okay. right around 33%. And I think I'm in the teens now. I haven't done it in a while. Okay. I'm like probably mid-teens. That's cool. So one of the things you said, we were talking about habits, by the way, if people didn't catch that, if they need to read the the one thing. The one thing. They just need to read one line and they'll be fine. Yeah, they're going to figure it out. Just find that one line. <laughs> and you, don't, you don't need to read the rest of the book. Yeah, I love to read, man. Like that's that's that has been a game changer in my adult life. I went I was 30 years old and I was and I was like not reading at all. Mm -hmm. And I met with this guy who's who's a very wealthy guy in Nebraska and I went into his house and he just had books everywhere. He taught you how to read at 30? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. He, he just brought me the alphabet and I was like, oh, this is really Pop-up books. <laughs> but I asked him, I was like, have you read all these books? Like, like you have books all over your house, like, like stacks on his end table. And he's like, I've read every word on every page. Wow. And I'm like, wow. And, and, and I was like, because I, I was just kind of dumbfounded by it. Mm -hmm. And he told me something that I'd never forgotten. He said, um, actually, I forgot. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he said, if, he goes, if you can read a book in three hours and learn what took another man a lifetime to learn, why wouldn't you do it? Totally. Yeah, that's the the richest nutrients of that man's life condensed yeah. into pages in the book. I agree. You know, one of the things that's helped me with reading 
I read the book Atomic Habits again this year. Right. And I, I, you know, for me, I always struggle because I don't like reading a book from cover to cover every time. And I'm the guy that always has like four books I'm reading at once. Yeah. And, and Atomic Habits really gave me the permission to do that because he said that instead of trying to be the type of person that reads books cover to cover, be the type of person that just reads. Mm. And so for me to just, whatever it is, just read every day. It can be multiple books. It doesn't matter that that's totally fine. Cause everyone's different. Like I know a lot of people that if they start a book, they got to start at the beginning and they got to end it and they're going to mark it up. But I, I'm a browser, man. I'm going to be reading atomic habits, the Bible. I'm reading tons of business books. And um, right now my wife and I are doing the, the Bible in a year and right. I've never done that before. So kind of a cool thing for us to do, but let's talk about, so you, when you got, when you made the decision to get in shape and you started working out, you mentioned how that affected all the other important areas of your life. And one of the things that we do in our coaching program is we try to help people set goals at the end of 2023. And goals sometimes gets a bad name because most people never achieve them, like a New Year's resolution, right? It's yeah. just a, it's a dream. It's not, not something they actually ever accomplish. And the only reason why is because they pick the wrong things. They don't create a plan. They don't have accountability around it. And so one of the things I love about fitness, and this is my own experience because I'm inspired by you. We're both inspired by Doug and our friends are helping us get better because we're all inspiring us to try to get better. Is the if you're going to pick anything, the beauty about getting in shape and learning to eat better is whatever other goals you have, let's say you want to have a better marriage, you want to be a better parent, you want to make more money, you want to read more books, you those things are all going to become so much easier if you just focused on fitness. And Doug sent us a text a couple of weeks ago, and he was just talking about like how his journey of fitness has helped every area of his life become so much richer. Yeah. So I love the idea of fitness being the thing that we're running with right now. So it's such a catalyst. And the, you know, I'm thinking about 2024 mm -hmm. and I have like, I've done something different this year than I've done in the past. Normally I'm like, I want to do this this year. I want to do this this year. And I make like really specific goals. I want to mm -hmm. increase my income by this much or whatever. And um, this year I have like categories that I want to get better. So it's like, I want to get better in my parenting. Mm -hmm. Like I want, I want, I want my connection with my kids to be stronger. Uh, I want my connection with my wife to be stronger. Um, I want I want to grow my business, even it, with the couple of the challenges that I have going on this year. There's two big hurdles mm -hmm. I have this year, and I, I still want I still want there to be some growth there, at least in my leadership. And so I was thinking about it, and there's this book by Andy Andrews. <clears throat> he he wrote this like years ago, I probably read this book like 10 years ago. It's called The Final Summit. And in this, there's this guy named uh, Dave Potter, I think, I think that's his name. And he he's sent up to this like celestial space and God puts him in this room with all the greatest minds who have ever existed in all of history. And uh, and they, they have to turn the genera this generation around with two words. Hmm. They all trying to accomplish like what are what is what are these two words? You have like Aristotle's and Socrates and mm -hmm. 
uh, and all these gene, like just brilliant people, Einstein and Benjamin Franklin and all these incredible minds that have all lived, all trying to solve, like how to turn this generation around in two words. Wow. And at the end, like God walks into the room and they can't figure it out. And he says, do something. Wow. Do something. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It has to be something. Just do something. And it was like this really powerful, like crescendo to this book. And like, so I've decided like this year in the the four categories I want, I'm going to just do something every day. What is that something? Like that's specifically with parenting. Like with my kids. Like I was driving to, uh, I was driving to the the gym this morning. I had my kids in the truck and, and, uh, and sometimes we'll just, I'll turn music on and we'll just like jam out on the way to the gym. And today I'm like, I'm going to do something. Yeah. I was like, Hey guys, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I, I discovered the meaning of life. (laughs) And they're sitting there and, I, and I'm kind of being serious with them because to me, I think it's my, my meeting to life. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, hey, uh, I, this, is, this is my meaning to life. I think, this, I think I figured it out. Yeah. I was like, and so I'm like, well, and I just like stop talking and I just start driving. And, and my six-year-old's in the backseat. He's like, well, what is it? <laughs> you know, I'm like. Left them hanging. Yeah, I just left them hanging. And, uh, and I was like, <clears throat> I was like, I think we're, as humans, God designed us for connection. Yeah. With him, with him and with the people that we love the most. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's the meaning of life. To stay connected to him and to stay connected to our family and to stay connected to our friends. That's awesome. That's beautiful. So for you right now, it's taking advantage of those moments and trying to make them super intentional. Just doing something doing something it doesn't have to like i think as parents we think we need to do a big trip to connect with our kids or we need to do like something like like let's go on this hunting trip or yep. let's go in. i think there's moments in every day there is for sure where we can spark connection yeah yeah and if you know how many times have you fallen into that trap i know i have where you're putting off everything connection yeah for this trip and then you get there and something happens and it's this huge letdown because your flight was delayed or you're all sick in bed. Yeah. I had that happen to us one trip. We were we were all sick in bed barfing <laughs> in this swanky hotel. That was like the one trip that we were supposed to take where we're I'm finally going to get to spend time with my wife and listen to her and not look at my phone. I'm finally going to be able to play with my kids. And it's going to be beautiful and the sun's going to be bright. It's going to be 75 degrees. We get there, <laughs> it's storming. And day one, my son started barfing all over the bed. My wife starts barfing. And I have a picture this day and we look at it and laugh where we're all just laying in this nice bed, sleeping, sick as dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it, and there's opportunity every day. Yeah, every day. Like I, I do a thing at night. Uh, my My... My three boys share, we have like a real big bedroom for the, for my three boys. And then I brought my daughter in there and she sleeps on this thing called a nugget. And, and and I take turns every night to lay in one of their beds. And for 10 minutes, I only, I just spend time recapping the day with that kid. Hmm. Like, how was your day? What did you do? What was your, what was your high? What was your low? And we just talk about the Mm -hmm. day and then I'll turn the noisemaker on. And then we'll go to, they'll go to sleep. 
and the kids fight for whose turn it is <laughs> every night. Yeah, sounds like my kids. We do something similar. We do that at dinner, high point, low point. And we actually did a wheel of life with our kids this year. Oh, I love that. It was awesome. I mean, I told my wife, if we can just get them to be aware of this stuff, like there's no expectations. They don't need to understand it. Let's just like, it's got to be fun. We're setting the bar really low. I was so shocked. So my son goes and does his wheel of life. And for people that are listening, it's um, something we do every year. And it's really just kind of weighing out from a scale of one to 10, how you feel about the important areas of life, spirituality, family, love life, if you have one and work, money, um, yourself. And my son, he, he ends up writing like a 10 for home and a 10 for family, but the rest of them are like threes and fours learning. Theirs was a little different. They had learning school. And so he puts like really low numbers. My daughter, on the other hand, she's like trying to get a 10 on everything. She's super competitive. And, and so my, we go to bed that night and my wife says, um, we go through the connection codes at night. So she says, I was sad today when I saw how, how affected uh, David was with how he feels about his ability to learn at school. He said, it's because he doesn't feel smart. Hmm. And, and then it, it was my turn. And I said, I said my thing and I said, you know, I wasn't actually sad about that. I was actually happy about that. And she said, she looked at me like, why would you be happy about that? Yeah. I said, because he is aware of the truth and he is the type of boy that is going to find a way to improve. Wow. He, he, he know like he struggles with some learning. It's like, but he's eight years old. He's going to figure it out. Like I see that boy going after things and trying to figure out how to get better. He's always wanting to race everywhere. He's so competitive. He's going to find a way to get better. Yeah. And so it was a really cool experience for us. It's something we'll do every year for the rest of our lives. They, they, then they set goals and laminate, we're going to laminate them and they're going to look at them. And, and yeah, it's, it's really fun, man. I honestly love parenting. I, I think about it all the time. It's like the one place in our life where we get a chance to change someone's life like nowhere else, you know? And I mean, that's a huge responsibility, but it's also a privilege. My kids are adopted and I don't know if I look at it any different than anyone else. I feel like I do because I always think about when I stood before the judge and they made, they made us, you know, do this oath of how we would love and cherish and take care of these kids. And, and for some reason, man, I took that so serious. So I feel like this burden all the time. And, and sometimes it drives my wife crazy because I'm, you know, like right now we're trying to change their diet and help them eat better. You were a big part of that. But anyways, that's really good, man. I think that's really good information for people to hear, start somewhere, do something. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think the, the problem is this is another Andy Andrews quote and he'll, he'll say something like, have you ever been bitten by an elephant? And no. Right. But how about a mosquito? Mm. We've all been bitten by mosquitoes. He goes, you see, it's the little things that'll get you. It's like, I think if we can master doing the little things well, the big things come. So I'm, true. I'm, I'm positive of that. I've yeah. looked at it in my own life. Like I've been, I've tried to become a master of the little things and just getting little things right. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching like the success of my life, not from doing the big things, but the big things end up coming to you yeah. when you do the little things. It's so true. And 
about your kids, man. Like I, when we were ATVing the other day, uh, I was sitting there, you know, I think it was like New Year's Day, right? Yeah. And I was sitting there seeing you and your kids and your wife, and I was like, man, those kids hit the adoption jackpot. <laughs> like the jackpot. Like, we hit the jackpot too, man. They're great kids. They're great kids. But you're great parents. Thanks. I'm just so proud of you guys. Oh, I appreciate that, man. It's so much fun. I mean, it's not always fun. It's hard a lot. But, things really but even the hard stuff's fun. I mean, it's it, it's been the greatest thing that it's so much fun, man. We just, we love it so much. You were you were talking about before you mastered anything. I, I saw a quote today. It was, you have to be, you have to be a disaster before you beca can become a master. And I think that is something I really relate to. Yeah. I think you do too. I'm yeah. going to project that on you. No, I'm be a disaster. Well, because, <laughs> you know, it's like, how are we going to ever discover what we really want unless we really go into like areas that we don't want. Like you were really overweight. I was 230 pounds in high school, like five foot. Like that's a big boy. Yeah. I got pictures I can show you. And I think sometimes people look at someone like you or someone who is quote unquote successful. They're in shape. They've got their families and they just don't understand. They think they almost, our minds will almost tell us like, we can't do that. And like, that's a message that I always try to share with people by sharing my past is like, no, you totally can. You're never too late and you're never too old. I mean, I know guys in their fifties that have had 180 experiences. And so that, I think that's one of the things I hope people get out of your story is that, man, you just have to start somewhere and do little things and they add up over time. And so like for an example, for us, I was thinking about, we've been reading the Bible since the first of the year the one that we're doing together. And, and I, we try to do it in the morning, but sometimes our mornings are chaotic. And so I'll, I'll be able to pray and do a couple little things, but I catch up at night. And so my, my, my wife, she's going to hit me for saying this, but you know, she'd been on her phone a lot at night and I'm trying to do the best I can not to tell her how to live her life. Yeah. You know, so I just let her do her thing. And I've been trying to plug my phone in and not have it in bed. Um, I watched all these things, just screens at night, bad. Yeah. And so, so I'm reading my, my Bible at night. And for the, the last four nights, I told you, I've had a little bit of a hard time sleeping yeah. for other reasons. But when I wake up, my state is so much different. I, I have peace. I don't know why I'm waking up. I'm not stressed, but I just wake up. Uh, but, but then I wake up thinking about Genesis. I'm reading it right now. And it's like, whatever, you know, someone told me a long time ago, the quality of today is always going to start the night before yeah. with what we eat, what we read. So what are some of the small things you're doing today that are adding up that I'm doing right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've been doing the same. Um, I'm reading my Bible before I go to bed, um, and journaling. Uh, I think one of the things that I want to accomplish is connecting with myself. Mm -hmm. And I, it's always been, it's so weird that you could live in your own body, your mind, and and not feel connected to your own emotions and your own thoughts mm -hmm. and your own your own spirit. And so, um, I I've always been, you know, kind of the kind of mentality of ignore and override. You know, like bad things come, ignore and override. Just just get over it. A human doing versus a human being. Yeah, just... and and so I. When bad things happen, I've been journaling about them hmm. and and validating that I have an emotion about it. 
you know, if, if I had a hard day, just saying, yeah, that was hard. Mm-hmm. You're going through a lot. I can see why you're frustrated. I'm talking to myself as though I were somebody I cared about. And that has not always been the case. Like I, if I, if you were to share with me like a hard thing, I'd be like, oh man, that's a lot. Yeah. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've done that. What are the benefits of doing that? I'll tell you the, the, I was driving to work the other day and I was feeling really anxious and I normally would not have like identified it. I would have felt really anxious and frustrated and not like, I'm like, there's something going on. I'm just going to ignore it, <laughs> you know? Yep. And, uh, and I'm sitting there driving to work and I go, what is that feeling? I'm feeling really frustrated and really anxious. I'm like, why? Uh, and I, I described the situation that I was dealing with and I just went, wow, that is a lot. That is frustrating. And the frustration like dissipated. Mm-hmm. And there's some part of me that ignores because I don't believe I have permission to be frustrated about things. Mm-hmm. And so I'll ignore it. I'll ignore myself, my own feelings, and just kind of just override, like just keep moving, keep moving forward, put your head down, keep grinding. And it's really hard to do that. Yeah. When you're carrying a backpack full of rocks, just really heavy stones. And then what I feel like just taking care of those things is like taking one stone out at a time. Yep. And just allow it, just, you just start taking those things out and you just, yeah, that was frustrating. That yeah. was hard. Wow. You went through that. That was yep. way to go. Like just talking to yourself like it's somebody you care about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that, I mean, some people would probably listen to this and not really understand the value of it, but man, I'm a guy who used to do a lot of drugs and alcohol and I had a really hard upbringing and I didn't even know what an emotion was Mm. until not long ago. And, and, and I think what you're talking about is the emotional awareness and learning how to process emotions, not because you want to do that just for the sake of doing that, because you found the solution is you can stay in a place of peace more often yeah. and you don't have to be ruled by your emotions and you don't have to medicate them yeah. because you've actually found the way to take care of them that we were always supposed to do. But you and I just didn't get that book growing up. No, we didn't. And, and it's, it's, it's quite amazing because I mean, you know, you know, we're, we're talking the same language here and, and a lot of the guys we'd run with are doing the same thing. And, I mean, we've seen the fruit of that in so many people's lives. And and for me, that's where it had to start. Like I had to see guys who I wanted to emulate. Being in the business world, I know so many people that are quote unquote rich and wealthy beyond anything most people would dream. Yeah. And I always look at the fruit and the quality of people's lives and there's always something missing for a lot of, I shouldn't say always, but for most guys I've known growing up who seem to have it all by the world standards, like I always felt like they were missing something. So since ever since I would say Wyoming, I mean, there was definitely a few guys before that, but Wyoming was really the place for me where I started to get around a culture of emotional health and, and see guys who were pursuing that, who also had success in the world. Yeah. But, but we're like, no, like 
a whole man and a real man, like they're taking care of everything. Yeah, Jason Valentin and Brave Co. have radically changed my life. Mine too. Like, you know, we served at the Brave Co. conference last year, and my wife is like, man, you gave three days, eight, like morning to night to Jason. Like, man, I, I was like, babe, I owe that man my life. Mm-hmm. Like, he he's changed my life. Yep, mine too. And, and I'm like, if I serve him for three days, like, it's the least I can. It's the least I can do. Plus, it was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Seeing a bunch of guys' lives getting changed, dude, it was amazing. It was incredible. Like, I, I've been inviting so many guys to the, that event. There's something interesting going on in the business world right now. So I'm in the I'm a mortgage banker, but I also I'm a coach for the biggest mortgage and real estate coaching group in the country, and and I've met a lot of people that are really well known influencers in the financial space. Um, TV shows, all that stuff. And one of the things I've noticed this year, at least four out of five of these guys have been baptized wow, and are starting to read the Bible and talk about Jesus on their podcasts. Wow. And these are secular podcasts. Like these are not Christian podcasts. I mean, yeah, it's really interesting to see. And some of these guys, I told Jason, like I'm inviting them to Braveco and a few of them said they're coming. Wow. Yeah. So I had Chris send them a, signed copy of the poverty riches and wealth book oh that's great got him a personal invite yeah so i don't know i'm i'm pretty excited man i think the thing that you and i and so many of our friends are doing right now is it's spreading i i shared that little post jason put out he was going to have a group of 12 he was going to take through the eight weeks of oh wow foundations nice i shared it as a story and i always see that there's views on all my content i put out there yeah but I don't actually know who's watching because you might get like a comment or two or a couple likes. Yeah. Uh, but man, I cannot tell you how many people have personally called me or texted me and said, hey, tell me more about that thing you posted. Really? Dude, these guys are watching us, man. Wow. That's why, you know, they're, they're looking at what we're doing and they they saw that and they called me and I was texting Jay say, hey, do you have more space? You know, I've, I've got some friends reaching out. Wow. So it's pretty exciting and I'm proud of this. I mean, there were some obstacles in the beginning. I mean, for all men, it's like talking about your feelings and stuff. It, it kind of seems like a waste of time. It does. And we, you know, we're, we're taught growing up that feelings are weakness. And so it was really sort of a rewiring and having to change my entire operating system as Fab calls it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, you and I did foundations masculinity twice. Yep. And uh, the first time I did it, I felt always like this need to finally be able to get something off my chest or share something that's going on or ask for advice. And then the second time we did it, I felt less of a need mm. because I was processing those things on my own mm -hmm. or with a close friend. Like, uh, like I would reach out to you in the middle of the week, be like, hey man, I'm going through this. Like, it just feels like a lot. But yeah, that's a lot. And it would just sometimes just be that, and it just, un, just like un, unburden yourself for a moment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we like you think like I would tell myself the lie of like my friends are too busy, or nobody cares about how I feel. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, I know that you care, and you know that I care. Mm -hmm. And it took a while to get there. Yep. But there is no question in my mind whether or not Chris cares, and. If I call Chris and he can't answer, it's not because Chris doesn't love me. 
or he doesn't care about me. It's because Chris is just like me. He's grinding. Yep. He's doing something. And when he does answer, it means he has the time. Yep. Even if it's five minutes. Yep. And I think to like I I dealt with like a, a rejection mentality. Yeah. I still have like this this core belief that I'm dealing with that I'm not worthy of love. Mm-hmm. And so uh I I work on that belief all the time. Yeah. Because if you if I can't get that thing out of me, then I will always struggle with the things I've struggled with. Yep. But if that thing can go, then I I can like my coach told me he goes you you you'll be moving from from dealing with the things you struggle with to dealing with your dreams, and I'm like that's where I want to be like dealing with yep like focusing on where I'm headed the the yeah. the powerful things I want to accomplish yeah uh, instead of just constantly going oh man does so and so love me are they rejecting me like you know it's like no like I'm loved yeah and it's rooted in the that Jesus loved me. Yeah. Right? Like without me without me deserving it. And that's the, that's the core of it. And I love that. Like it totally is. Yeah, that's the core of it. I would say the other thing that is probably true for you, it definitely is for me is I I'm totally okay with not knowing what people think about me anymore. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I don't care about what people think about me. I would just say that it's not my business. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I was telling a guy today that I'm coaching who's kind of new into our program that I would go to these events and I would go into the banquet room the first night and there's 500 of the most successful people in suits there. And I would show up, I flew in, I went to my hotel room, got dressed up, going downstairs and walking into this room, I'm so insecure that I just, I feel like, and I feel like there's this word across my forehead that says insecure and everyone that looks at me, they're going to read it and they're going to see it. Mm. And, and that was like 12 years ago, but I kept going there because I, I just, I, I got in the habit of putting myself around people that made me feel insecure. Mm. And Jason and I were talking on the way back from Wyoming and I was just, and I, this is so true now. I was just saying, man, when you run with people that are doing things and better than you, whether it's fitness, finances, family, parenting, whatever, and it makes you feel small because of how big they are, that's the right group to be in. Yeah. And there's going to be this built-in peer pressure that's going to make you eventually become them. And I just feel so grateful that we have that right now. And I think that that is something that people really need to fight for because everyone always asks me, how do you make money? How do you make investments? And it's like, you just need to get around people that are making money and making investments. You know, if you want to have something in life, find the people that are doing it at the highest level and spend time with them. And yeah, yeah they're busy and yeah, it you might have to pay for their time. They do. I mean, it's, I've done that before many times, you know, and Glad I didn't have to pay you. I, I'm going to start charging you now, actually. <laughs> you should charge me. I get a lot out of it. So one of my coaches years ago, he 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 taught us about what a keystone habit is. Hmm. And and I don't know if you've heard that term before. No, so this is like the one thing that makes everything else way more likely to happen. And I would say the fitness thing is, is an example of that. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that, right? So 
and thinking about 2024, it's not too late for anyone to set goals right now. That's absolutely right. You know what I mean? Like I like to set goals in November and that way by January 1st, I, I'm already running. Yeah. Systems are running. The workouts are happening. But even if someone's new and they haven't set goals, like the time of year doesn't matter, right? It's like do something. Do something. Doesn't matter when, right? So if someone was listening and they wanted to create goals right now, the first or second week of January, third week of January, whenever, what would be some simple things based on your experience over the last five years that you would say they could do to do something? Be kind to yourself. What does that look like? I think a lot of people they want it, they want the big hairy audacious goal, right? They want they want that big thing. And I would say it you have to change the way you think. Mm-hmm. You have to way the change the way you treat yourself. You have to change the way you perform. And none of that happens overnight. The guy who goes to the gym 5 days the first time, just boom 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 boom, he's in there 5 days a week. He doesn't come back next week. It's very rare for the guy who doesn't work out, start going five days a week to come back the following week. Mm-hmm. And he goes hard, right? Because yep. he remembered how, what he was like when he was 20 and now he's 40 and he just, just doesn't know his own body. When I first started, I started two days a week and I just gave myself a calorie deficit. That was it. And then I, I just allowed myself to be where I was. And for for some of your listeners, you are where you are and you got yourself there, mm-hmm. right? And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're not kind to yourself in this process and you make you make your goal a year out, you can make it a year. You can get there in a year. But a, when I make uh, goals for my business for a year, I break it down to quarters. Yep. And every quarter has a plan and a strategy. Yep. So if you're thinking about, you know, whether it's fitness, start out two days a week, be kind to yourself, eat healthy food, eat food that's not in a package, right? Like eat stuff. And if you don't know how to eat healthy food because you don't know what healthy food is, then you're, that's easy. Your goal is learn what healthy food is. Learn, be kind to yourself. You, you just got to start wherever you're at. You, you are where you are, but you don't have to stay there. Mm-hmm. You can get to where you want to be. Have a vision for the person that you want to be. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a friend of mine earlier and he said, hey, have you kept on talking about, you know, you just want to be a healthy person and you saw yourself now as a healthy person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, it, it stirred something in me to want to be a healthy person. Mm-hmm. And so he's now he's like, he's exercising on a regular basis. He's on a calorie deficit. He's just doing small things in a big way that will create big results. Yep. And I think that's the thing that's missing. It's like, yeah. you're not going to get bit by the elephant. Yeah. You know, do the small thing. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the last thing I would add to that is have a written plan yeah. and invite others into it. If you really want a better chance of achieving any goal, um, make sure you have a really crystal clear plan that's times has dates around it is realistic. Yeah. Um, is going after the things you want and then invite some of your friends uh, maybe you have a coach, your spouse, and and ju- and then just start telling everybody what you're doing because it will put your ego in check. Yeah. If you post on social media that you're gonna have a six pack, your ego is gonna say, 
I don't want to look like an idiot yeah. in six months. You better get that six pack or, or tear your social media account down because everyone's going to, th- you know, there's ways to put your ego in check. Yeah. I think sometimes that really helps. And the last thing I would say is uh, if you really want to go the extra mile is create rewards and consequences. And I don't mean like flogging yourself because you didn't hit it, but yeah. maybe there's a great trip you would go on and you would say, I would be happy spending the money on that trip. If I accomplished this goal, I would, I earned it. Um, if you're not, I'm not motivated by rewards as much as consequences. So for me, I'm going to give up that hunting trip with my closest friends. I do every year and tell them, no guys, I can't go this year. I didn't hit my goal. And for me, that pain of Mm. letting them down and not going is so motivating that I I'm going to do it. You know, these are the things that get me out of bed early in the morning, Mm. in the dark, in the cold, doing what most people aren't doing every day. So, bro, I'm so appreciative of you. Uh, This is part one. We're going to do a second part on finances, but thanks for uh, sharing your wisdom today. Love you, buddy. Love you too, buddy.